0: Hello and welcome to Inside the Artist Studio. My name is Sean Davis-Newton, here for the Cups and Cakes Network. Today I'm really excited to share an interview that I did back in August with Calgary-based hip-hop duo Cartel Madras. They've been on the show once before. Jeff interviewed them back in, jeez, 2018, 2017, three or four years ago. Uh, and we we catch up a little bit with what's new since then. They have a brand new uh, EP which was called The Serpent and the Tiger, which came out just after we talked, August nineteenth, twenty twenty one. We feature a track from that EP which is called Moonroll, which is really really great. And uh, we talk about all kinds of things. We talk about collaborating during COVID times. We talk about. Uh, the, the pressure that uh, that accompanies putting out your very first LP, and when they're actually going to put out an official uh, full length record, uh, we we talk about uh, we talk about some weird jobs that they've had, both uh, for one of them extremely personal and for one of them extremely corporate, and uh, and and me and Aboshi uh, start the very first uh, podcast within a podcast episode of our uh, Hollow Knight. Uh, our Hollow Knight play along podcast so uh, that's tucked in there for all you video game fans of course there is some foul language in this episode so viewer beware and inside the Artist studio is one of the many ways that the Cups and Cakes network highlights Canadian music you can visit our website cupsandcakespod.com to find other episodes of this podcast as well as other audio, video, and written content that's cups the letter N cakespod.com Here's Cartel Madras.
1: I'm Eboshi. I'm Contra. Hello. And we are Cartel Madras.
0: Perfect. Well, thanks so much for for doing this interview. I believe this is, uh, you both are one of very, very few bands to now be on this podcast two times um so uh thanks thanks for coming on back as you know there's gonna be a little rapid fire section off the front and then uh we'll dig into uh the new record which is coming out i guess this friday it's out on august 19th
2: yes is that friday yes. is that friday yes. is that friday it's, it's thursday
0: thursday okay. yeah so it's <laughs>
2: yeah. out this week yeah it's out this it's week thursday, out yeah this week.
0: Uh, and then at the very end, we'll uh, yeah feature a track off that record and uh, chat about that a little bit before we go. Yay. So uh, without further ado, we'll jump into this rapid fire. Okay. Perfect. Uh, do either of you have like a, a special dish that you cook that people kind of associate with you, like a specialty of yours?
2: This is a really good question. Um, yes, two things. One, I am pretty much... I usually cook a good curry, good South Indian chicken curry. That's pretty usual in my house. And the other thing that people associate with me is this Korean spicy noodle called bulldog. And okay. I'm addicted to it. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. I would say both of those things are accurate. For myself, I would say I'm really good at making sandwiches. Um, I really like to make tuna melts and people know that my tuna melts are good and recent, more recently I'd say like in the last few years I, I've perfected this chinese pork and spinach stir fry yeah, and yeah. I make it for everyone because I am, I'm just really getting into cooking now and I've I made like beef and broccoli yesterday and like the broccoli was fire but the beef just eluded me so <laughs> soon that'll be on my menu
0: so, I'm, I'm going to out myself here as, like, not a culinary genius. What the fuck is even on a tuna melt? A tuna melt. <laughs> like, what so, is a tuna melt?
1: Okay, so there's, like, a couple of different ways you can make it. The way I make it is that, like, I start by making, like, a tuna salad with, like, mayo, green onion, chili, um, a bit of mustard, a bit of olive oil, and salt, pepper, lemon, lots of lemon. And then... Um, basically like you toast bread and then you put the tuna on top of it and then you put cheese. Well, actually you put like a slice of tomato and then you put cheese on top of it and then you either broil it in the oven or you just like melt it on the stovetop and it's like a really good tuna grilled cheese. Pretty
2: crazy. It's pretty good. I used to hate tuna, but now I'm, I'm in.
0: Yeah. I don't know if I've ever even like actually tried tuna short of just like smelling it when somebody microwaves it at work like having that experience with it which is not it's good. probably
2: disgusting
0: yes <laughs> uh do you prefer tea or coffee addicted to both um both yeah, oh,
1: yeah i like definitely like it's like i need to have like iced coffee to survive but at home i'll usually make tea because i've gotten a little lazy with replacing the pour over Supply.
2: Yeah. I usually have about six cups of tea a day. Um and then in the morning I like have to have coffee to ship myself in the morning every day at yes. eight AM. But if I cannot have my coffee, it is very hard for me to function. So yes, I do have about two cups of coffee a day. Five cups of tea.
0: Five six What's what's the what's the go to tea for both of you?
2: Ooh. Um great question rooibos amazing um japanese green tea amazing there's a peppermint vanilla that um twinnings is that the brand twinning tint yeah 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 Yeah, peppermint vanilla so good peppermint vanilla
1: sounds gross but (laughs) i'll usually do like a, a jasmine green or like just a black tea any black tea but they, like, usually, like, oversteep it in an airplane. And that was my most recent experience
2: with black tea. I do so hate I was like, airplane tea. Like, it's just, like, a jug of orange Pico, and it's, it's so It's, like, gross. it makes you sick. Yeah. <laughs> like, my stomach immediately was like, bruh, stop. <laughs> uh,
0: what's, uh, what's the weirdest job you've ever had?
2: <laughs> so many. Okay, I had a really weird one <laughs> where, like, dentine ice, like... I I, I like had this job where this company was like, we need you to go to all the bathrooms in Calgary and stick a Dentine ice sticker on the bathroom mirror. And it was like, (laughs) it was like deeply unpleasant. And like all the pubs on the Dentine ice list was like just the worst places. So yeah, that was a cool month of my life. (laughs) Um... One of the stranger jobs I've
1: had. Let me think about this. Oh, okay. So I was like... Oh, yeah, you have a really good one. I have a really weird one. It's so funny. So I was like kind of someone's lifestyle coach. And how that started was I was supposed to be their, like, stylist or something. Like their personal stylist and their, like, personal shopper. Okay. And then that, like, quickly somersaulted into me being their, like, lifestyle coach because I guess they just really took to the things that I was saying and they're, like, you know, like, everything you're saying, like, I really just can apply this into my life. And then I basically became, like, their dating coach. I was, like, (laughs) hitch for this person. And, like, it was really weird because it was, like, they were essentially just, like, paying me to hang out with them, which is totally fine, like – Great company, sure. But it just, like, became... It was it was weird, like, right off the bat, because it was someone that had very interesting goals for their lives. Interesting, and when I say interesting, I mean, like, sure, dude, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, that was, I would say, the strangest position I've ever held. And that was, yeah, definitely weird.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I like that the contrast between those. It's like one is the most big business corporate just bizarre. Yeah. Uh like Sisyphian. Uh. Sisyphean Sisyphian. The, the, yes. Yeah, the, the most pointless task yeah. and the other one is like this really personal one on one. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. It was like really weird. Uh what's the first car you ever owned?
2: Um i used to have a white a white what was it it was like oh it was a it was a chevy yeah it was like a chevy that like i found for like it was just two like, grand yeah it was just like a normal normal car yeah it was like i liked that no car. me too like i refuse to finance vehicles um, I refuse to spend money on cars, like like big money. So like there, for about like yeah. four years after that, I, I drove around in a pretty old, pretty beat up, barely functioning Mercedes. Not Mercedes. What am I saying? Mazda. Mazda. Bro. Mazda. I was like, <laughs> a a Maz- I was like when? <laughs> Sorry, it was a Mazda. A Merc. It was a Mazda three. <laughs> it was like who? Yeah. It was like really old and always like just not working but it was a great car really beat up um, so many accidents I hated that car
1: because it had bucket seats too yeah and it was like a death trap it was always like rattling and taped up yeah, and it was like huge shit. It was a really bad car The first car like I had sort of like long term was like a family car. And it was uh, like a, a Nissan Versa Note. It was a great car. I actually really fucking love that car. And it had... Still you know, that. it had all the... Yeah. yeah, it's still part of the family's <laughs> <laughs> fleet. <laughs> but, no, that's a great car. Really, really good. Really safe, cute, and tiny. So easy to park as well, which <laughs> is necessary because... Actually, no, I'm not bad at parking, but I haven't really been driving around for the past two years. So when I am using that car, I need to be able to... Park efficiently
0: uh, if, if you could put together a uh, like a fantasy lineup of any kind of handful of bands put a show together give yourselves a ticket to it uh, what kind of bands would you would you pick for such a show
2: there's there's some people who like I uh, like we go to a lot of shows and there's certain people that are like I've never seen that I'm dying to see Still, right like I've actually never seen like Kendrick live And so it's, like, because he goes on specific tours, right? Like, um, I would love to see Kendrick. I could see Freddie Gibbs over and over again. Like, we've seen him. It's amazing. Freddie would be on that lineup. Um, Freddie, Kendrick.
1: I would, like, if I was to, like, set up, like, a day at, like, a festival that I was organizing and was to have, like, this whole range of acts I want to see... I would like it would be eclectic, obviously, and it would just be a festival for me because I find that like with with festivals, it's either like you're going for like a, a very like folk fest where there's lots of like craft beer and it's like vibes like that or it's like <laughs> rolling loud yeah. and it's just like a huge hip-hop festival and everyone's like on a substance and you're going for those reasons. <laughs> and like I yeah. find that like kind of like crossing those two, happens a lot in Canada because there's just festival curators are very ambitious which I appreciate um and they're also like definitely trying to get people on stages but sometimes it involves like getting two people on stages at the same time that maybe people would 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 have liked to see both and then also what happens is like they'll have like a really somber act followed by like us And it's like, okay, interesting energy matching here, but we can make it work, I guess. But (laughs) I would say that if I was to just, like, set up a really great day, like, start to finish, like, in the morning, I would have, like, Ruchi Sakamoto, because how else am I going to see them? Would love to see them. So I would invite them. And then, like, you know, throw in Broken Social Scene for good measure, Canadian icons. They'll go off right after Ruchi Sakamoto. And then because... They are Canadian and a huge band. Um, I feel like someone like the ObGMs could play right after them, pretty successfully, and not have it be too weird. I think that could work out. And then after the OB- ObGMs, like someone like Backwash could really pop off because like that's a good logistical fit. And then after Backwash, like maybe JPEG Mafia. Um, maybe Rico Nasty, maybe someone like that if we're like, if budget is not an issue. And then after, <laughs> say, like Backwash, Rico, JPEG, then we'd have our friend Aerospace come in, who's from Washington. He's really good and also would like kind of fit that yeah. lineup. Yeah. And then, right, budget permitting, Freddie Gibbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and let me think who else like probably then like after after like Freddie. then it would just be like a bunch of like house djs like raving and then
0: yeah this is a hell of a festival you've put together i
1: know i know yeah.
0: i yeah God when is much, this happening really give me money <laughs>
1: to do that <laughs>
0: uh do you have a social media account that you, you kind of love to follow that brings you some joy
1: <laughs> joy on social media i haven't heard of it um that's a really good question. But I'm actually gonna check. Cause there's it's definitely like someone that I've sent to my friends very recently. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like Casey Frey, you know, the the dude that dances, he's a comedian. He is just probably like the type of social media content that like I enjoy. It's just like absurdism. Kind of in the same similar vein as like Eric Andre. And it just yeah, like yeah. really yeah, yeah. suits my comedic sensibilities and so all of his videos it's great
2: um i follow i mean i'm really into following like food social media accounts there's this one guy i follow who got really big on tiktok and like fuck i forget i forget his ig handle but he always makes like the littest dishes and it's like so quick and so fast and so easy so love him We'll come back with the handle once I remember it, but, um, all my, the happiest accounts I follow all are related to food content. That's really my like, or,
1: or like, or like dogs and cats. Yeah,
2: Yeah. true. (laughs) I follow a lot of like Like animal content. I recently got a Frenchie. Um, so most of my content now is just French bulldog pages that I follow. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Uh, do you prefer sports board games or video games? (laughs)
2: I hate sports I hate board games and I hate video games (laughs) so sports
1: um you know I guess I could like watch it if I had like unlimited access to beer you know which in Europe (laughs) is the case like if you're going to a football game in Europe like you're just like boozed up and like I've heard that's a vibe I, I missed a chance to watch like I think it was the Euro Cup one year And I'm fine with that, but people have never let me live that down. They're like, you could have seen that? And I'm like, I guess. But so that's sports for me. In terms of board games, I like board games. I like activities like that with people. I mean, like, this is what's interesting because it's like at – In like a a party situation, I would love if someone pulled out a board game, but I hate, not hate, that's a strong word, but I do not like board game cafes, board game bars, because it's like, we're going out to socialize, get the boards away, you're paying to play, and it's like, that's, you know, I can't, no, it's like, I'm just not, you know, unless it's like a small, I don't know, there's, I've done it twice, and both times I've done it, I was like, all right. I guess we are playing an extremely niche board game from Japan that only, like, one person knows the rules to and has to teach all of us with every turn. And it's like, this is just not, this is not conducive to socializing. I
2: went to a board game cafe and it was so boring. It's like, whoa, I'm never coming back to hang out with you guys. (laughs)
1: But with okay, so with video games, it's like I'm really bad at video games, but um, I do like some, some like dinky online video games, like Flash HTML5 games. Like I, yeah yeah. When I'm really high, I just like play those and kind of clock out, <laughs> like <laughs> just diddling along on those. Or or like um, there's like two games that I was like, this is really crazy. There was one I think it's called Journey or something and it's like I don't even know what it was played on but I played it once like start to finish and I, when I say played it like someone was playing it and I took over occasionally and then gave back to them <laughs> I was kind of overwhelmed yeah and it was beautiful it was just like such a beautiful game and that's the thing with video games is that like they're so well made and like they're so fun and they have such amazing stories like Hollow Knight really fucking sick game so like visually stunning and great characters, and, and it's actually, like, really fun. Like, every time I play Hollow Knight, I'm like, this is sick, even though I'm really bad at it. But that's my relationship really with video yeah. games. It's, I, it's there, it could get better.
0: I, I literally just finished playing Hollow Knight. You um, finished
1: it? Dude! Fuck I, I, up. I,
0: yeah, I didn't. I, I guess I haven't finished it. I met, I met, like, the last boss, and I do this thing all the time with these types of games. It's, like, a hard game, right? And I got to the end of it, and it's just, like... This is going to be really hard. Uh I I'm not going to do it yet and then I just haven't it's been like a couple weeks now.
1: <laughs> well, like I found with that game is that like it's so it's so enjoyable that like I would kind of like save it, especially if it's like an area I really liked, like with the hornet, like she's really sick. So I was like I'll come back to that. Or like yeah. with yeah. Did you go through like the dream levels? No wait oh shit no you have you obviously right you would have gone through the dream levels (laughs) maybe (laughs) like you know when you go through like the castle area and then you go up and then you have to like kill the really big dude the first time like um you know when everything gets infected
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah so like i think either right before that or right after that like you can like kill someone or you just or someone gives you like a dream thing and then you go into, like, the dream levels, and then you, like, play, like, ghosts or something, and you, like, kind of travel in the sky.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. That is familiar. That shit was crazy.
1: <laughs> that shit was hard. I was really bad at that. But it was fun.
0: <laughs> this is the start of our brand-new Hollow Knight Let's Play podcast. <laughs> this is Hollow Knight um, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Uh, two questions left on the rapid fire. Uh, is there an album that spurred your love of music?
2: Um, several, but I do really remember listening to this album and it kind of shifted the way I thought about music was, um, come on Feel of Illinois by Sufjan Stevens. That one really, it, it like, it's like, I was listening to a lot of music But I remember hearing that album, and I think it, like, added a layer of understanding for me towards just how far you could go. Um, And I was, like, pretty young when I heard that album, but it had, like, a pretty profound impact on me.
0: Yeah.
1: That one was crazy. I would say, um, thinking back, like, I guess it was probably a movie soundtrack that would have been I'm trying to even remember cuz I just remember like when I was really young like my parents had some like Luther Vandross, Teddy Pendergrass, Prince tapes that like they would play like kind of on occasion and I remember just like really gravitating towards Prince and so like Prince has been with me for like all of my life and
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I think probably like something of his on a tape very early on probably really started that journey for me and when I say like really early on like when my parents had those tapes it was probably like three four something like that so it was yeah, like, yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: was there a lot of music like getting played around the house when when both of you were like quite young
2: yeah like my parents were kind of our parents were always listening to music our dad especially really liked to listen to a lot of music And my mom too, my mom is more like, I would describe her more as like a dancer, which is a different type of music. Whereas I think, right, like my dad would listen to music, I think the way we would listen to music. Um, So yeah, there was always music playing in the house. There was always films being watched in the house. And, you know, Indian cinema is very music centric. So there was always that happening.
0: For sure. Well, very, uh, very last question then for the rapid fire stuff. Uh, are there any kind of uh, up, up and coming bands and or bands or artists that you would want to kind of give a shout out to that you think are doing some cool stuff right now?
1: Um, yeah, we have a whole list of yeah. like hundred <laughs> yeah. acts that we support royally.
2: The 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 <laughs> OBGMs in Toronto
0: are for incredible.
2: sure really good my other toronto pick would be an artist named M.I. Blue um really incredible singer songwriter multidisciplinary artist those are my two toronto picks
1: yeah i would say like like everyone that's sort of part of this upcoming project that we have coming out on thursday is is similar, or like people that like we just like would take a bullet for, like, <laughs> um, like, the two, the three main producers of the project, like, Dom Diaz, Jude and Tyrese White, like, those three are just, like, so exceptionally talented, and we really found a pocket with them that we work well in, and it was, it was, like, interesting to get to that spot, because kind of before the two other installments of this project in series series were with producers kind of just, like, here and there all over that we just like kind of like found and connected with and worked on their beats with. Whereas this project is much more involved. We were like either in the studio with them making like while they were working on the beats or we with, for example, with Tyrese White, like we've just been a fan of his for so long because he's been posting on SoundCloud before we, we started Cartel Madras and we've just known about him for years. So finally, like when we managed to connect with him, it was just like, oh shit. This is even an option for us? That's crazy. So, like, those three are insane, insanely good. And then um, Backwash is amazing. Canadian, she's fucking awesome, and she's doing really big things, and I, and I can't yeah, yeah. see her slowing down anytime soon. Um, another great character on the EP is, as we were talking about earlier, Aerospace from Washington. Um, he's extremely talented. He's been sort of, like, on... In hip-hop for, like, I think, like, a decade now, he's been making music. And he's also someone that, like, we kind of found on SoundCloud, like, before we got started, and we've just kind of been, like, fans of, and now we're working with them, and it's really amazing for us. It's a good list.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty lit. Yeah. With, uh, with that, let's, uh let's kind of go into the second half of things here. It's always tempting to start with like a, how has the pandemic been question, but maybe we'll leave that for a second just cause, uh, I, f- I feel like there's something a bit more interesting to jump off of there. But, um, so with, uh, the, the serpent and the tiger, which is coming out again on Thursday, August 19th. Um, yeah, you're, you're collaborating with a lot of people that you just mentioned, like, um, you've either like been fans of or uh like know personally and look up to um what are i guess uh the things that you're looking for when you choose collaborators and uh yeah we'll just go with that like like what draws a certain person i guess to a certain track actually
2: right
1: right like in our experience like we've had some you know this is our first sort of like, much more, like, openly collaborative project that we've done. Um, We haven't even really, like, done too many features in the past. And I think part of that is because, like, we really, for us, at this point in our career, like, people have kind of approached us and and asked us for, like, how much is it for a feature? And, like, we're at a point in our career where, like, we – would rather just work with someone that we want to work with than charge someone we don't know for a feature on a track that we don't know how it's going to end up sounding. Because, like, it just doesn't feel like an accurate way to move our voices in music currently. And it doesn't feel like it's honest to our creative process at all. Um, if, If, like... Yeah, I think like a good way to sort of explain like how we came about our our current collaborators and and how we approach this in general, because we've we've really worked with like uh, a a handful of people and and quite consistently, and and one of them, his name is Pari Moshes, and he's he's in India, and all of these sort of connections came about like very organically, and when we work with him, it's like that door's always open, so like he could always send us a beat, We could always hit him up and be like, yo, we're kind of looking for something like this. And we know, like, what's in his his wheelhouse. But we're always down to experiment. And so, like, that is great. And we think that, like, you do just have to be a fan of someone's music in order to, like, work with them. Like, just, like, sure, like, on an artist-to-artist level. But, like, because we're also so new some of the people that we've had a chance to like work with like we're, we're just fans of like from beforehand like for example like with clipping who were like we know because we opened for them in Toronto one time but they're also friends of ours and they're part and they're label mates with us um like the opportunity to work with them it's it's like a big deal because we're just fans but it's also awesome because we just respect each other's work now and we've seen each other live and all of these things and obviously like you don't get a chance to see everyone you work with live because a lot of them are just in different countries but for us what makes it really happen is we know your discography we know what you do and you know about us in a way that is like we're not just doing the uh feature to feature tag that kind of happens in the industry and like it's it's definitely valuable and I do think a lot of people that have a lot of features and work with a lot of artists like really truly respect their music but for us it's less about like we're doing a feature with someone for exposure or we're doing a feature with someone because it's gonna kind of take it to a level that we're not at yet and it's more just about like oh we're doing all the features that we have in our EP are just like people really fuck with people we know that like sound good on a song with us to just kind of like round out the whole project and that to me is just going to like speak more to the quality of music that we're making than oh we have now someone crazy and huge and we need to like pay for that feature and like that's crazy like why why would we pay for a feature right now like we're paying so much for studio time and this and that it's like we have so many talented friends Let's, like, use this network and make good art before we start, like, calling up big people and all of that stuff. Even though, like, yeah, yeah. the people that we're working with, like, they're great. But it's, like, why just blow your budget on a feature with someone that, like, you don't even know if they're going to sound good with you yet.
0: Uh, how, how much of this record then came about, like, during pandemic times?
2: Um, All of it. Like, all of it came about during pandemic times, but a lot of it comes from and out of, you know, being on tour for two years before pandemic times. Um, Being on tour, moving around, you know, relocating from Calgary to Toronto, being kind of, you know, gravitating towards being more international artists than just Canadian artists. So we definitely wrote and recorded everything, during the pandemic um there there's one song that we might have written before that finds its way into the cp but most of it is like written
1: i mean probably probably drift
2: is is sort of the only one that was really pre yeah yeah gotcha but everything was like formally recorded during the pandemic and yeah like ideated on in the pandemic
0: is, is it is it normal for, for you to like write while you're on tour? Or do you usually keep those things pretty separate?
2: Oh, we definitely write. While I we're think on we're tour. always writing. We're not always yeah. recording, for sure. Right? Yeah, yeah we're, we we were always writing. Yeah, I mean it's definitely like way more, uh, you know, so much more time to properly like write and record when you're not on tour for sure. But <laughs> you're kind of. I think so much of the way we write is really influenced by what we immediately see and experience while on tour. So, right. you know, half of this album carries that spirit and the other half is a bit more contemplative, a bit more cerebral, a bit more, you know, imaginative, but from within our homes.
0: So what what does it look like, I guess, when you like sit down to start a new track, like I guess, yeah, take me through that process. Where does, it, where does it all start?
1: So there's like three, two, three ways to sort of like approach like a song in and of itself and like so one way I'm just thinking okay, so like sometimes like one of us will just like have an idea or like right. a thought or even like oh, I have like this chunk of bars that i think is like really good and now i have to sort of like build a song around it it's like you just like drew someone's face and now you have to like draw their whole body but you start with their face and it's like okay great but that's like sometimes what happens with us i notice that happens a lot when like we're kind of constantly working on things and constantly writing is when like randomly like other bars will just like other lyrics will just sort of like come out of nowhere you have to write them down and then you have to like kind of store them and then wait for the right atmosphere that they fit into so if someone like sends you a beat and you're like oh this could work on that I think um that's definitely one way. Another way is that, like, um, sometimes, like, the producers that we work with will, like, send us, like, general beat ideas that they have, and we're like, oh, right. look, this could work, and we'll start kind of, like, fleshing out a skeleton and working on lyrics for that, and then we'll, like, really go in and, and change it up. And then other times, um, I mean, what, like, sometimes it's, it's really interesting and, like, just completely organic. Like, um, most recently, when we were in the studio, kind of, oh, bless you um, recording the bulk of this project, um, she, we were in different cities, but I was able to get into the studio with Dom to record with him. And, um, uh, we had basically just recorded something that we were working on for a while. We finished recording it and laying all of that out. And then, um uh, we started like just talking about like working on something completely new. And then he started just like fleshing out a beat and right. I was like, okay, that's really sick. That's really sick. And then basically, like, we just he, – he crafted this beat, and I just started, like, writing and sort of just, like, freestyling to it. And then it, it worked out really well because, like, as he was making the beat, I was able to, like, try some things on the mic, write it down, and then try it again and, and tailor it to what we were thinking. And then, like, that worked out really well, and that ended up being um, the green scare on the EP, and that was all kind of just, like, on the fly. It happened, like, all in studio, all within a matter of, like, an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. And so that's sort of, like, ground up. We're in the room with the producer the whole time, and it's all made in one go. That's definitely one. And then also a lot of the time, like, we will write something completely to a beat and think that we're married to it, and then we'll hear another beat, or someone will show us a beat, and then we're like, "What if we did that? Over that?" <laughs> and we try it, and we see what yeah. happens, and then it's great, and then that works out. But we usually do our writing separately. Um, if we if we found a beat or if we've started on something, we'll like let each other know, like, "Okay, this is what I'm working on. This is what I think is lit." And then like we'll we'll go off and like kind of do our own. Verses, and then we'll come together for a hook if if it's a song that, like, we think needs a hook or something, and that's usually what we formulate together.
0: How how much, then, is, like... uh, Like, I I don't know how much of a background you guys, either of you, have in, like, I guess, freestyling or, like, improvising, and how much of a part that plays in, like, the writing process. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if you just want to speak to that a little bit. Honestly, I would say I am...
2: Not some like it's it's weird, it's like I think a very crucial part of hip hop is driving around in your car with a bead on and you're just kind of playing around with it in your car like that I have so many memories of that with that said, right. I think the way we write is very concept driven it's very dense, and it's quite thematic. So right. It's it's like this weird thing where I'm like I don't I don't think like any of our songs were born from a freestyle. Though some of our songs are designed to, there's like a type of song that feels more like a freestyle where it's just free like, verse, I'd right? Say like, yeah, I'd say
1: like like in terms of like songs that were born out of a freestyle like anything that kind of has a refrain that like, with, with the green scare, right? Like, that's something, like, because I don't really have, like, a verse in it. I just kind of have, like, a hook portion and then kind of a bridge. And, and both of those things were kind of just, like, done in studio. And so, like, the first couple passes of it were just, like, me just, like, saying things into the mic and kind of freestyling it. And right. then after we, like, listened to it a couple times, we, like, I edited it a bit and tweaked it here and there. And so, like, in terms of how those things happen. It's like if I'm just alone, because I would say actually like a lot more things of mine end up just like emerging out of a freestyle and then being edited into what it ends up being. Like Dream Girl concept, the outro for it was just me freestyling in the car and then recording it when I came home and yeah. us really just like hyper-producing it and making it very different. Whereas something, even, even like... So something like Fear and Loathing, which has sort of, like, multiple different parts to it. Um, like, one of my verses was kind of just, like, born out of me freestyling to the beat the first time I heard it when I was just at home. And then part another part of it was really just, like, intentionally sitting down with it, thinking about what I wanted to say in it and where I wanted to take it. So in terms of, like, generally our process and how freestyling fits into it, well, also that's, like, sort of the first way... I don't know. It's. I think it's different for both of us. I would say that freestyling to a beat is sometimes the first way I start, like, compiling and composing lyrics to it. Um, right. right. But it ends up being, usually before we go into studio, we end up having it ready to go. So when that isn't the case, like, for example, Dream Girl Concept, The Green Scare, even Some Parts of Fear and Loathing, when that isn't the case, it's it's interesting and it's it's a bit different. But yeah, usually, like in the studio, like we're not like off the dome. If anything, like we're writing while we're hearing and kind of rapid fire, just like we'll, we're listening to something and we can write it out like really quickly and then and then like go onto the mic very fast. Um, but yeah.
0: So I, I, I know too, uh, you've both touched on uh, this latest EP kind of being uh, the, thir- the third part of a trilogy conceptually. Um, why do you think it's important to kind of come at this stuff from like a kind of solid conceptual yeah. angle? Like, why is that important to you?
2: I think it's very easy, I think to just make a whole lot of music and then just be dropping it one after the other. And I don't think that's ever As much as when we began, that was probably something we thought about where we're like, we got to drop we got to drop a single every week. Like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes, but it's like your sound becomes so bloated and you have no idea what you're saying. Right. Like, I think when you kind of set yourself up where we were like, we're actually going to give ourselves like three years to experiment with our sound before we graduate to a debut album, which is kind of what we thought about in 2018 when the first ep came w- the first mixtape came out right like we're like yeah we want to we want to play around with some of these ideas some of these sounds while still you know neatly packaging it in something like a story or a theme or a universe but you know when you say three eps it really gives you the ability to play because i think the minute you say like oh, like, I'm, like, sitting down under the debut album, one producer, we make it in two months. It takes away from your ability to experiment. And I think we're, we're super... Like, we just started Carte Madras in 2018. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, it's not like we were doing this for a decade. Like, we were obviously, like, dabbling in music in our own lives. and But this project was so young it kind of got a lot of exposure so quickly it was still really important to be like we're still figuring out our sound right like we're still figuring out what Cartel Madras is it just so happened that like the exposure got turned up the minute we came onto the scene which is a bit you know it's a lot because sometimes you're like I don't even because it's like you listen to Trapistan you listen to what we're coming out with now it's like two different worlds But, but I like that, like that, that's important, but all of that still being able to, you know, be conveyed under like, you know, we are exploring certain themes, certain stories, certain, we are building a certain universe. I think as people who love film and cinema and storytelling and great writing, that's always been important. And
1: like, that's sort of the biggest reason why, like,
2: you know, the, like, with
1: Trapistan and then with Age of the Gunda, it's, like, this Project Gunda trilogy, like, it is sort of fruitful for us to sort of frame it in this conceptual three-parter because, like, ultimately, like, we're storytellers and through our music we're trying to tell stories and build narratives that, like, aren't necessarily, like, just ours because if we were just talking about our own lives, like, yeah, you can, you can hear that in a couple songs right like how many times can you hear about the same party right (laughs) and like how many times can we tell you about our busted up car going up and down downtown Calgary like it's there's only so much we can do if we just limit our framework to the narratives of our own immediate lives which is why like being able to sort of play with Project Gunda as a three-parter has allowed us to Tell our own stories, tell other stories, tell versions of our own stories, tell family stories, tell friends' stories, and speak to, like, many different aspects of what we're trying to do, and play with, you know, like, different subgenres, different sounds, and all of those things. And I just remember, like, when we were sort of, I remember just really paying attention to how... Childish Gambino was releasing all of his mixtapes and how, like, they were just, like, really fun and really different, and, like, a lot of them were just him rapping over just, like, straight-up songs by, like, Grizzly Bear and this and that. And it's just, like, hilarious because, like, this is someone else's (laughs) song, and we are just rapping over it. And I think that, like, once the onus was put on him to release his debut album, which was Bonfire, it kind of... (laughs) It was, you know, like, critically panned, and I don't think he was, like, he, obviously, like, we all like it because we're fans, but, like, I don't think it was, I don't think it serviced his craft the way it would have were just considered a mixtape or an EP. I right. think right. because so many people reviewing it were like, oh, this is your debut album. They were like, no, 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 Gambino, this isn't going to work. And it's like, you know, there's just a lot of, like, judgment placed on an album there's a lot of like eyes on it when it's like the big debut project and i think that that can sometimes like box you in it puts a lot of pressure on an artist and you're also just like held to like very interesting sort of critical standards once it becomes that type of work and i think we're just like putting that off for as long as we can (laughs)
0: Well, uh, as we're kind of getting close to the end of things here, I I guess what what is uh, like what comes after this for both of you? Like what 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 I guess does the rest of the year look like coming out of the pandemic? And then I guess are you are you working on new recordings or new material at all?
1: Yes. Sorry, I was thinking about something else completely. I was like, the pandemic, right? It's happening. We're going to go back in the lockdown, I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, it's bound to
2: happen. <laughs> Which will give us lots of time to record. <laughs> yeah, we have, like, we have some, like, stuff we've been tinkering away with, with clipping. Um, that we wanted initially to put on this project, and we're like, no, it's pretty lit. It should kind of stand on its own. So, that is, like, around the corner.
0: Well, that sounds pretty rad.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, We have exciting
1: things around the corner. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And we have, like, a lot of, like, little side things that we want to do and a lot of random remix things and all of this and that that we want to kind of work on. And then, like, when it does come time to enter, you know, album mode, which we...
2: (sighs) we don't dread <laughs> obviously we don't dread but we're just like ooh, album mode it's like um, i'm someone who does believe that like you kind of have to like you can't just write a project release a project and then write another project so you kind of have to like for sure do things and live your life and like have experiences that you want to write about or like you know even even if like you have it like deeply philosophical three months it pours into then something you could write about right it's like we have just been sitting around in a pandemic right like and and that's fine too but even even something as like you know small as a summer is so much to write about right so I think um we go into album mode I think we're trying to figure out what that should look like where we should be I definitely like don't want to be in Canada for album mode like I don't want to be (laughs) in my apartment writing this album that's the other thing because like we were originally
1: like planning on and sort of working on the big the big project and and kind of going back home and working on it in India and like that's not going to be an option right now and that's really unfortunate because there's just so much going on back home and, and everyone's like it's India's really feeling the impact of of what happened over the past two years in a way that like People in Canada can't even begin to wrap their heads around, and for sure, even even for us, it's like we have so many family and friends there that have just been like deeply impacted, a lot of deaths and, and whatnot. So, it's it almost feels like irresponsible to be like, oh, we're gonna go there, we're gonna record our album, and then we're gonna release it because it's it's we're just here and and we're fine, we're lucky to have been like vaccinated and safe and kind of have this whole time be not uneventful because a lot of things happened back home here too, but we've just had the luxury of being a lot safer and having it a lot easier than our family and friends back in India. And so we would love to go record it back there and, and be able to sort of immerse ourselves in home and, and do it that way. But at the same time, like that, might not be possible for for a minute and we have to kind of get creative to figure out how we can source
2: inspiration
1: from other places and and figure out where we can go to sort of be secluded but also be around the artists that we need to be around and and build from there
0: well well, uh that pretty much brings us to uh the end of the old interview i don't know if uh if y'all have a track that you would want to play uh off of the new ep um dealer's choice
2: <laughs> i think okay the maybe the i mean i really like the green scare that would be the track i'd pick right now
1: or like green scare or like moon drill yeah true green yeah. scare moon drill yeah. those are crazy have you heard the whole thing
0: i have yeah connor at i think hive mind okay, okay word what's your
1: which one's what's your favorite
0: You know, uh, what I quite like doing with these is, since you mentioned Moondrill, um, I like to play something that's near the end of the record because the way that people listen to records, nobody ever makes it to the end. And so it's like, uh, yeah, good to highlight something near the end.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, then let's Let's go with Moondrill. Moondrill,
0: yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Well,. uh, holy Man, yeah, thank you both for sitting down and chatting. It was a, it was a pleasure having you.
2: Thank you, thank you very so much us. for having us.
0: Uh, it was great perfect. To chat. Well, yeah, we're gonna listen to Moondrill from The Serpent and the Tiger, it's a new record by Cartel Madras that is out on August 19th, which is Thursday, not Friday. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, thanks so much again.
1: Thank you. Bye,
2: bye, guys. Ooh. I was, like I was like, like, I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like. I was like, 15 stories high in a hotel bar. I was talking bad. I was acting hard. Aim at your head in the back of a car. We only got a few shots. This nada. Ducking down from these western guns, I'm an eastern, eastern hunter. My eastern sun, rays so bright like an eastern god. You're putting you as our pythons move inside my mess hall, that's the only type of bed that I will sleep on. Your slice on to do a white wall. That's the only type of head that I would keep on. When I look in the eyes of my enemies, I sing to them, yellow, dead to me. Watch me break from the underground. Even when I trap a sound so profound. And I rise from my dead like a phoenix now. Bleed through the dirt till I come undone. And are you listening close and are you listening now? I told you that we were the chosen ones.
3: Yo. Listen. Sheryl Jackson, cartel, let's get it. Puffin' on petrol yes, yes. Champagne, Chedon, and no-key pesto Shiro with the best flows My boss, the guy, muscle me a bone and flesh, bro And I don't even need a flex, though
0: You got a liquor, check a blue one on the chain and some Kenzo. Take your son to swear your dead broke You coulda doubled it up, but coulda get it through your head, though I see the cartel reppin' the set Know we got us the game, but the world ain't reckon this yet I gave him time for our cinema threat I think it's time that we separated better from best, yo Look at me like the last time you see me Cause I'ma be a different person on the TV And those who didn't believe and wanna be me When I emerged from the smoke of the weed tree
3: I was like I was like 18 stories high I was just 18 Looking up to the sky with my eye on the tie I was just 18 tell coming through quick like all these boys Better get up this dick like they make noise But stay out of bricks like all my girls Better get on a flick right quick like Let me see tricks, let me see tits Let me see you drop right down like you're pulling out of town With the crown on your ass and the thong on your head I work way too hard for the bread I work way too hard for the cameras Cannot keep up with my candidates Damages off of the camera looking so ominous In these parameters, back to my manager I got the animus, I got the cannabis Back in the I walked with the brew Look at this view, came with the crew Doing this better, don't act like a fool Doing this bigger and brighter, I'm asking for you Bitch Keep my name at your mouth unless you with the poop Looking aloof to accrue all this clout Pay my respects and then pay all the dues Do this for all of my Indian jewels Case in the palace, I fuck up the rule Came for the coke, he know dropped out of school You can join cartel if you looking cute People be pledging allegiance Cause I got the hubris she be up on the roof Sitch Eboshi has always been ruthless Boys like to try but stay toothless Gutted and shattered, they stutter and plug And I'm cutting they time like I'm doing a job Ride with the mob, yeah I fuck with my fobs Drop with the top of the squad Musical stops, we be knobbing the hob with a bottle of pain Life too big for the frame You insist on your lane You try to pin all your blame on the ones with the aims We gon' change up the game I'll do my best to remind you while you stay the same It was like I was like I was like 18 stories, high. I was just 18 Looking up to the sky with my eye on the time I was just 18
0: When I got nothing on my mind Inside the Artist Studio is produced by Sean Davis-Newton for the Cups and Cakes Network. The featured track, Moondrill, was played with permission from Cartel Madras. Thanks to Laundry Week for the use of their song, Nothing on My Mind, from the Grimpy EP as our intro and outro music. Inside the Artist Studio is one of the many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.